0: generationally and also uh, are we are good are we on we're good oh here one more that on. and I'll tell you right away uh, eight years ago uh, when I had what they say was a stroke ever since that when I come to uh, an emotional thought or something like that I just choke up and uh, hate it and I can't help it it's just the way it is you just sort of got to grab yourself by the scruff of the neck and say don't go you know <clears throat> go on my voice is bothering me a little right now but anyway <clears throat> So what's the reason for sharing, and I thought, you know, it's not fair with you guys, and and I don't have, and I'm not sharing because I think there's anything that I'm great in any way, uh, but at least give you an idea. You can choose to not remember anything if you want to. Do the kids, uh, the grandchildren, do you even know what my mom and dad's name were?
1: No. So I mean, you don't? I should. I did a pedigree. <laughs> Uh-huh.
0: <clears throat> grandparents or parents parents my parents Annie and uh, levi and, and annie yeah, you know. yeah levi and annie <laughs> was was uh, my and see now when i go back there then of course i remember my great gra- my grandpa and grandma on both sides but then you go back further than that then i don't really remember uh the earliest remember i remember one time on um it would have been my grandpa's side. I saw my great-grandfather, and I was maybe three, something like that, and he lived in Illinois. And uh, we were there in the evening. For some reason we'd gone out there to visit, and I remember, <clears throat> excuse me, being on the floor, maybe and playing and looking up and seeing great-grandpa there, not recognizing and understanding in any way, shape, or form at that point. If any, that's any significance, I remember nothing about a great-grandmother. So anyway, that's the only thing that I remember about that. But then coming back to my grandparents, on my mom's side, which was Masked, my mom uh, was, her maiden name uh, obviously was Masked. So Grandpa Masked, I, don't, I remember him as being a, a hard man. Uh, I just just apologize, I'm I'm sorry, there's no reason. My mom said, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) my mom said she never remembers Grandpa Mast ever holding any one of his grandchildren. And I can't, I can't imagine that at all. Grandpa Miller on the other side, on my dad's side, he was with, he was always playing with the, Grandkids he's on the floor tussling around and just carrying on something like that, as far as that's concerned. <clears throat> but anyway, so I'd always get to get when I was old enough to work uh, on the farm, I'd get farmed out to Grandpa Mass down there in west of Emmatown uh, to work like a dog all summer, you know, and uh, putting up hay and going thrashing, and it was all work. It was all work and no play. But anyway, just so going on from there. and uh, So my mom's side, uh, my mom would have had, I think there was eight uh, children. The oldest one was Amos, and he had been apparently, somehow during birth or shortly after it gotten ill, he was uh, mentally handicapped. He could work some, but he never married. Then it would have been my mom, and then uh, Henry, Melvin, which was my least favorite uncle to who I'm named after.
1: <laughs> and then,
0: uh, let see who was it next, would it have been probably Ori, Irvin, <clears throat> Esther, and Ella. Ella and her husband got killed. in a. Uh, he went down to light a water heater and it had been leaking gas. She was standing at the top of the stairs. He lit it and uh, killed him no actually they both were in the hospital for a couple of weeks and died of their burns so that's out uh, of the family now four of those remained four of those were not amish and uh four obviously remained amish both of my grandfathers were ministers and uh grandpa mass was a very strict individual grandpa miller was a little bit more Was a lot more easy going now grandpa Grandma Mass. now she would do anything for you. She was always on the kids' side, protecting them, letting them get things done that they weren't supposed to be doing, and they knew it, and Grandpa didn't know it. So I remember her taking me to uh, Topeka. I don't know how old I was. I think I remember that. I had notes about this. Got my first strawberry soda in my life. And she bought me a cap, gun, and holster. <laughs> I was top dog. not messing with me because I had a cap, gun, and holster because Grandpa would've been, against all of that as far as that's concerned. So then on, uh, that's on my mom's side. On my dad's side then would've been, the oldest one was Clemens. He was an Amish minister and a mean old booger. Uh, never had any children. So he knew everybody's, how everybody else should raise their children because he didn't have any. Mm -hmm. And then I think the next one was uh, Ezra and my dad were oftentimes uh, mistaken one for the other. They were fairly, they looked a lot alike and they were, uh, uh, they looked similar and they were pretty close to age, maybe just a couple of years apart. And then he had a, uh, let's see, dad had a sister. was Elma on that side? I'm trying to think of that. Was, yeah, Alma. She's the one that had, I think, 21 kids.
1: Oh, and,
0: uh, yeah, they lived ended up living in Iowa. And her husband was not a very nice individual <coughs> either. So, a huge It <coughs> Goes beyond that, I don't know any of the cousins. I don't know their names. Nothing. And then he had a sister, Ruby. He had a sister... Liz, that was the oldest one, and she did not she did not marry Amish, either. So it used to be old Liz and Bob Gruber, and he would come to our house, and yeah, I still remember those things, and uh, she was a hoarder, or they were hoarders. we get to their house, and it was like a little path through the house. It was a mess, That's the way it was. And then Ruby would have been the youngest one, and the only thing I want to point out about that family was... My dad and Ezra and his sister Ruby all died within 13 months um, of heart attacks, because my dad died when he was
1: 63.
0: Uh, he basically uh, worked himself to death as far as that's concerned. Anyway, so that was a lo- that's a little bit of the family background. Well, my brothers and sisters, you probably don't know most of my brothers and sisters even. I mean, uh, <clears throat> I'm the oldest, obviously. And then there was John, which uh, he's been uh, married several times. He's an over-the-road trucker, so hardly ever see him. He is the one that had volunteered. Uh, in fact, I'll get into that just a little bit later. And then uh, would have been myself and John and then Henry, which was the Amish uh, bishop lived up in Wisconsin, had 12 children when he died, had 66 grandchildren and you're still going strong. I don't know how many they got now. So I would fill this room up pretty tight. <laughs> <laughs> so Henry but had a great relationship with them, Then of course my sister Esther, which is still Amish, and then Mary, which is not Amish. So uh, we were six of us kids, half Amish, half not Amish. And so uh, the and then back to the earliest home that I remember Living on State Road Five. Do you anybody you know where BJ Burritos is? Yeah. Well, that house that's about buried in bushes. That's where we lived. And one thing I remember there, and you know, I don't know how old I was. I might have been four or five. I used to get in the horse and buggy and take maybe John, my little brother, with me, and we'd go out on State Road Five and go over to my dad worked at Yoder Popcorn, who's where he worked at that particular time. But we had sheep around there that the landlord had. And when you'd open the gate and go through and they get down to shut the gate there was one old sheep buck that had me pegged and he would knock me flat every time i'd see him coming i would just stand there and scream and holler he just knocked me flat i hated that sheep buck i still remember the day they loaded that booger up and sold him i was glad to see him go so anyway that's uh where i lived So that was, uh, I remember standing at the, uh, my mom had a sewing machine there on the east side, we would look out toward the road, and that's uh, the earliest I remember of her telling me the difference between good and evil. I was maybe, I don't know, four? Five. So that's one memory I have of that place. Another one I remember standing at the west thorn watching my grandpa's barn burn down because mm-hmm. it got hit by lightning. So I remember that seeing from, uh, from there. I think it was there also. I had the measles. And Doc Lehman was going to stop by and give me a shot or something, but mom wouldn't give me my pants. So I couldn't get my pants I can't buy it. I remember stuff like that. I can't remember somebody's name from two weeks ago. Jeez. I can't remember that. It's awful. So anyway, so mom told me about the difference between God and the devil. The good man and the bad man is the way she put it. And that'd be an impression of my mind. So it can't be telling the kids too young until they get that particular concept. soon as remembered. After that we moved to a farm north of LaGrange that's where I started the school. I was the only Amish kid in 12 grades. All 12 grades, 1 through 12, were there the, the school is no longer there. There's like a uh, retirement home or something that's in that area. But I remember those years. I was there for three and a half years, and those were some of the best school years I remember. I don't remember anybody making fun of me or picking on me because I was Amish, nothing like that. I remember one of my girlfriends in first grade, Nancy Rawson was her name. (laughs) I think I had a couple. Another one's name was Juanita. (laughs) And then she eventually got married to the guy that was my barber until he retired. That's convoluted.
1: So anyway, I
0: had had a good time there. So anyway. (laughs) And then, uh, oh yeah, in the second grade is when I got kicked by a horse and broke my arm. I went back, Tony was his name, and I went back to bring him up, I took the halter back, I took a ear of corn to give him an ear of corn so I could put the halter on him, and he took a bite of the ear of corn, turned around kicked me, broke my arm. Three weeks later, he died of a heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> he dead, <laughs> seriously, he did.
1: I'm, I'm grateful to that. Yeah, no,
0: I know. <laughs> Boy, I remember, you had dad hitching that sucker up, and we were on the way to town. Boy, he ran him really good. So... Then when I was in the third grade, then we moved east of Grange. Dad worked away from home a lot, and I did most of the field work. I'm in the fourth grade, and Dad worked for other farmers that had tractors, and I got to do the farm work with mules, which I hated, The mules. They were so mean, I couldn't handle them. When it came quitting time, when you were plowing, you come up to a corner, and you want to turn, they were working fine till about five o'clock and they figured it was time to quit. they just keep walking straight on. I couldn't stop them. I would yell and I probably said bad words in those days. I don't know what it would have been, bad. but I still remember, this real quick day, that team of mules and it was a great day for me. We, Dad and I were husking corn because we had to shuck corn by hand, that's the way we did it in those days. And it was towards evening, we were up a little hill toward the barn and Benita's heard me tell this story many times. But all of a sudden, it's Tom and Jerry with the mules' names.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Jerry Jerry was the mean one. And then a, what a team of horses does when they don't think they can pull it, they pretend they can't, they just sees back and forth. One goes forward and the other goes back. Okay, Dad said, so you just stand by. I'll be back in a little bit. Away he goes to the neighbor. He comes back with a Super M Farmall tractor. Put a log chain on each mule's neck. Tighten them chains up. Jerry just threw himself on the ground. Dad just opened up the throttle and pulled that whole load by that mule's neck. It didn't take it long. Boy, they were on her feet and the chains were hanging loose. No problem. They could handle that corn no problem. From then on, you rattle a log chain, you got those mules' attention real quick. Yes, sir. That's the way it was. So anyway... So I was doing the field work by the, and I would have been about 10 or 11, something like that. Another thing I remember about the fourth grade, there's a school about, well, people live in there now, the building's still there, it's called Bloomfield. When we moved east of town, um, there on State Road 20, our house was on one side of the road and the barn on the other. So we were always crossing State Road 20, which is a real busy road. But there was a kid in that class, Larry Myers is his name, and he's still a jerk today. We used to fight. So the teacher brought us each a set of boxing gloves. We did, and we slugged her out. But I should have hit him harder because he abuses animals today. He's terrible. He lives over close to my... Brother Vernon actually. No. So he's still around. He's just mean. Maybe I damaged his brain. Out of <laughs> but I remember beating on him. He just put his head down. I just kept whacking on him. So anyway, the teacher's name was Mrs. Yours. I remember that as well. But anyhow, so we fought it out. So that's kind of the life. As I was about 12, we moved to another farm west of LaGrange for several years. We farmed, we milked by hand, separated the milk, sold cream, churned our own butter, butchered beef and a hog every fall, and we cut our own firewood and things like that. That was my life from there on, and I remember uh, those times, especially with uh, Dad, because we never had wood cut ahead. People that were smart got wood cut up ahead, so they had enough all summer for all winter, but wait a it. We just waited till we bought out, oh, got to go ahead to the woods with the horses and the wagon and chainsaw and snow this deep it didn't matter what it was, cut wood and split it all the home and that's how we heated our house. So anyway, uh, those were good times and that's one of the reasons I guess I'm sharing now too. I wish that I would I didn't know my had a great relationship with my dad, but I didn't really know him the way I'd like to know him now. <clears throat> uh, didn't know what made him tick. How did he come to be you know, like he was? I know that his family, when he was about five years old, they moved in from Oklahoma to the Shipshawana area. And uh, so I think that maybe they had lived out there in a the farm and then through drought or whatever they lost their farm or lost everything i think and moved to indiana i kind of think that's the way it was but so are some of the details that weren't important to me then but now i just wish i knew a little bit more about that for whatever reason it just it makes a difference of uh you know, a heritage follows us. We see that by in our family and the way that the kids we adopted, and they had the same opportunities as Jamie and Janet, but they chose to live the way that their heritage apparently did. And I still I don't understand that. I just don't. Anyway, so uh, that was the time also growing up on, on the farm that I worked, started working construction work when I was about 18. And so I worked that for, I think about a year and a half, two years, and that was the time when the Vietnam War was and the military draft was in effect. So as soon as you were 18, you know, you got registered to serve in the military or whatever, you had to go in the draft. But uh, being Amish, uh, we're classified as a CO or conscientious objector, just automatically, I didn't know why, I didn't know the religious reasons to be uh, uh, classified as a CO or whatever, but we had an opportunity to do an alternate service. And uh, so the alternate service was, for most of us, would be to, like, work in a hospital someplace and whatever. So that's what I did is, uh, and so I could go where I wanted to go. Before they assigned me, uh, because my cousin Dan and Jay, Jay was about my age, uh, we went to Denver. So I wanted to go to Denver. So that's what I did. Well, I remember I went to Indianapolis for my military physical, if you will, or whatever it was. and went right from there to Denver to Presbyterian Medical Center and... uh, Denver Colorado and signed up and I served my two years so I was only home twice in those two years and I worked in uh, so what they did that that area in that particular hospital we were trained to do a lot of things first of all started like in Central Supply which does all the sterilizing of uh, surgery packs and things that they did in those days and the next thing was as a messenger to deliver drugs to the different particular floors and stations and so on and then the next stations were like uh, as a float orderly where you could do, you'd be called to do anything for them. We were trained to do catheterizations even and things like that and haul dead bodies to the morgue or help people out a bit or set up tractions on beds, and so on like that, so I did that. And the one I hated the worst was I did not like the 11 to seven shift. I had to do that, not very much, but it did it some. There you had to do everything. You could be called to do everything. And especially taking bodies to the morgue uh, that time, because I was on the fifth floor, cleared that in, all dark, dead bodies. <laughs> <laughs> did not like that, but did do that. Some guys, I don't know why this thing comes to my mind, why the heck was that guy's name it was Fred, and he wasn't quite right. <laughs> I wasn't a part of this, but some of the orderlies one time. Freddie was working late nights too, and so a couple of them got together. And one of them was on laying on the gurney, covered up, and the other one asked Freddie to help take the gurney up to the morgue. So he made sure that Freddie went in first, and then he split, and then the guy on the gurney sat up. <laughs> Scared for Freddy to death. He took off, I guess, and ran. All the way down, he skidded into Central Supply, which was five floors down. What is a sheet? And I said, those guys got in trouble. <laughs> they That was not a part of what I had. But that's some of the things that happened in the alternate service, and I did enjoy that. I had a good time. When I left for Denver, and my, I, the years I worked in construction... Until I left for Denver, all the money I earned, I gave to my parents, because that's just the way we did. Until you were 21 years old, your money went to your parents. I wasn't quite 21 when I went to Denver. I was, uh, I think I went mid-summer. My 21st birthday would have been in August, which I was pretty close to 21. Left home with a suitcase, 150 bucks. That's all I had. And uh, four of us guys were rooming together, and I by the time I got my first paycheck, we were pretty much out of food. Cookies and coffee is <laughs> what we had. Seriously, we didn't have anything to eat. And nobody else cared whether we did. So I remember the first time we got our first check. Off to Safeway we go. We got a whole shopping cart full of groceries. This cost us 38 bucks. I can still remember that. Can you imagine that? You can't get that in a little grocery bag. No, $38. So we had a deal in that particular living situation, the four of us, one week two of us would be responsible for taking care of the house, sweeping and keeping it clean and the other guys would cooking. We didn't eat out, we did, we cooked. We actually, we learned to cook. The other two guys were responsible for cooking, preparing meals uh, for dinners and evening there. So we did it, we had a great, we had a great arrangement and it worked very well. So then, uh, anyway, so that was pretty much uh, the time we could uh, out of that. So when I could finally afford it to make payments, I bought a motorcycle. I bought a hundred, hundred and fifty cc Honda Dream. And that uh, got me around. But if you were going downhill with a tailwind, laying flat on the seat, you maybe go sixty-five. But I had a lot of fun on that bike, and I remember the only motorized cycle accident I really had with that one. We were out riding in the mountains one day, and I was looking at the sky instead of the road, and I missed a curve. Just went, hit over heels. Anyway, I would have been fine, but some do-gooder motors had to stop and made us call the cops, and I got a ticket for reckless driving, and I couldn't get out of it, so... And it just, I didn't feel that was very fair at all. <laughs> so after that, I sold the motorcycle and I bought a 63 Chevy Impala. When I came back home, my old job was waiting for me, so I stayed with that for a year. And then for some reason, and I still don't know why, I applied for a job at a hardware ship, on as, as an appliance serviceman. I knew zero about appliances. <laughs> Nothing. My first job was, the owner told me, Paul Miller said, Go out to this house, take this timer, here's how you put it in, you take off one wire out of the old one and you put it on the new one. Put it on, and I did. I mean, it worked. <laughs> <laughs> what? So, I was an appliance serviceman. He sent me to Maytag service school a couple times and uh, I became quite competent as an appliance serviceman. Anyway, so somewhere in that time span, I met your grandmother on a double date to a Halloween party. I had heard that redheads were hot, so I thought, why not? <laughs> so we did. So at that particular time, I think I still had the Chevy. I bought a brand new 1969 GTO, which was one of the original muscle cars. 400 under the hood, 4-barrel carburetor, 4-speed on the floor with an 8-track factory-installed tape player. <laughs> track and I could spin rubber in all four gears. <laughs> So we had that when we got married, actually. And uh, then we got into the hardware business in 1969. And those first years were hard. My, pay- my take home paycheck, the first years in hardware, was 90 bucks a week. Uh, Benita was working too. I don't know what you made. Do you remember what you made? 69, I think. She made about 69. We made 90 bucks a week. Our rent was 100 bucks. Soon after Jamie was born, uh landlord came and said he's gonna raise our rent to $125. So it made me mad. I ain't paying it. I'm not doing it. So I sold the GTO. That car'd be worth probably 50 grand today. I paid less than 4000 dollars for that car new. I pay more for lawnmowers now.
1: <laughs> Seriously, I do.
0: I bought a 61 Chevy Impala out of a junkyard for $300. Took the difference in the money and bought 2 acres of land east of Topeka and built a new house. When I was done building the new house, my house payments was $126 a month.
1: <laughs> so it <that> was. <laughs> rent. Yep.
0: But I worked hard. I worked out there at night by myself in the cold and the dark and the mud. I put in my own heating system, my own insulation, all those kinds of things I did. And uh, so that was hard work. So built the house. I worked three jobs uh, quite a while. Uh, worked at the hardware, of course. Drove school bus. Drove semi at night. Not every night, but I drove a couple times a week at night uh, for Lambright hatchery hauling soybean or shelled corn or whatever like that. But I liked it. I always wanted to drive a big rig, you know, big old semi, and I just just like the power and the noise. I guess I still like power and noise. <laughs> That's what I still do. So, as a teenager and a young adult, I was not a nice person. I'm sorry. I was not proud of that at all, but and this is why I wanted to share some of the reasons for our heritage and the environment that we live today. I had a good heritage growing up. I had a great family growing up, even though you know I just chose not to remain Amish. Uh, learned a work ethic, I learned family values, and I knew right from wrong but you know there comes a time in your life when you have to make the decision so like i said it was not a nice person but god saved me gave me a great wife uh gave us jamie and janet of which we couldn't be more proud who married spouses of which we are equally proud which resulted in who we are today I'm sorry I think it would be quite this bad and it's a lot how oh, much more than I deserve it's a lot more than I deserve but God in his great mercy has chosen to bestow on us these great riches of family which we must not take lightly as we see today is uh, how many families are broken how many make stupid choices the uh, couple of big decisions we make in our life really, first of all, is uh, whether we uh, choose to serve God or not choose to do that, who we choose to marry. I never had a uh, plan of this is what I want to do. Today I think so many kids, and, and maybe it's required this today, you're forced, you gotta go to college, you gotta figure out, and I'm not saying anything concerning college kids at all here uh figure out what you want to do and pursue that career Of course, I quit school at eighth grade so I never even went to high school just sort of followed the path you know hey here's a construction job so and I never really enjoyed that been, I' you know I still don't enjoy doing that type of thing and then I said for whatever reason applied for a job in the hardware and got it Next thing, a guy wanted to start another store. Hey, you want to be a partner? Hard work for thirty years, and Anita thought I needed a hobby. Got me flying lessons for two lessons. Now it's a job, and I still don't have a hobby. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so that's all I got to blather about. I'm sorry, I didn't. I uh, feel I didn't conduct myself very well. But, you know, it just gets you right here. Because you don't know, at uh, 76 years old, in no and at least in the last 25, probably 15% of my life. <laughs> I was going to say 25, that made me 100, and I'm not making 100, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> pretty sure about that. But who could have ever guessed? You know, I grew up working in the fields, looking at the tail end of three horses, pulling a single bottom plow, and today I fly jets at 45,000 feet. Funny, I always thought your—I thought I remembered your dad died at sixty-eight. No, he was sixty-three. because I always remember that. Because you know, you remember weird things. I remember one days I think it's when you turned thirty-four. I thought you said, "Well, I'm probably about halfway there." Yeah. <laughs> well, Henry died at sixty-eight. I don't remember how old that my uncle Ezra was or Ruby. She wasn't even six. 60, I mean. She was 59, I think. And I just...
1: We were just a few hours from leaving for Cancun. Yeah, when my dad died. Yes, because we were at Grandma and Grandpa's and I was sitting on the car. Yeah, kids were already half away.
0: Yeah, My dad was such a hard worker. he, uh, He didn't eat right. In those days, you weren't taught or even encouraged to eat healthy, maybe didn't even know how to eat healthy. I remember him maybe eating a dozen eggs at one whack.
1: Uh, he'd work all hours of the night.
0: He worked for a farmer over there north of LaGrange, the old dairy farm it was, and I'd work with him over there sometimes, but just very little pay and just work until midnight. Next day, get up and go to work again, and he just killed. Them. He had a, kid. T- even before he died at 63, he had a pacemaker for 10 years. In those days there were bigger ones, they had to put an incision in, well I think they still do this, as far as the pacemaker, but they'd have to change the batteries a lot more often. I think he had his done the third time, and he said this is the last time. And he died at work, and uh, working at the factory in uh, LaGrange out there, Duotherm, I think it was called Motor Wheel or Duotherm, either one, he died there on the factory floor. So that's it. Thanks for listening. So. If you have any questions, like I said, I don't remember. Most of my first cousins, I wouldn't remember their names. I know some, maybe, but. Um, What's you, the
1: story about when you said a bad word in front
0: of your mom? Oh, <laughs> it wasn't in front of my mom, It's in front of John, my brother. And he tattled on
1: me. <laughs> That's even worse.
0: <laughs> he did, and my mom took me in the woodshed and she hoiled on me with a piece of wood and I'll never forget. <laughs> And I learned that day you shouldn't say those things. <laughs> I don't even know what the words were. I got
1: traumatized.
0: It was pretty tough. Well, but, it's, a, it's a legacy that you've left. You know, I I read something the first, since it's on the internet. I'm sure it's true, but uh, I didn't follow up. But 18% of kids today live with a married mom and dad. Yeah. 18%. So you got less than one in five shot at that i know so that's why it's but just yeah. it's just so that's why you know we, mom and i couldn't be more pleased and we're disappointed in the way it's going with ron and cory and kevin but uh that we don't have that to face it this particular time of any of our children being uh, divorced or separated. The grandchildren are just starting to get married, and they're not going to get separated and divorced. Put you on notice there. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, we're really pretty fortunate. In our family, we haven't had any uh, serious illnesses, accidents, deaths, anything like that. God is really blessed us, and then just see. I think I see more and more in the daytime, in the, in the, my workaday world, and at home even around uh, just little things that happen. The timing is just right; it just works. Is that yeah. all just coincidence or whatever? The other day again, headed for Florida. The weather was forecast to be down below what we call minimums at. Uh, Naples, uh, there was storms around in there, and I just uh, told my co-pilot, my young uh, co-pilot, lives in I drew Gutenberg, um oh, it's gonna be okay. I don't know if it's gonna be okay. It's no always <laughs> gonna be okay. <laughs> uh, and it was down to like 500 overcast, and that's just minimums. If it's any lower than that, we can't get in unless we cheat. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> we don't. We don't do that very far, because you can hit stuff.
1: Were you there this past weekend?
0: Yeah, I've been to Florida I don't know how many times already in the last yeah, couple of weeks. Yeah,
1: we were in Alabama, and it
0: was super overcast yeah. and foggy. And, yeah. yeah, it was yesterday. Uh, it was, and by the time we get there, 1,000 overcast. It was twice what we needed. no problem. And is, it a, is that always just a coincidence? No, I don't think so. I think oftentimes, and there's times, you know, uh, we have to pay due diligence and uh, plan safely and play by the rules because uh, I want to end my legacy on a positive note, not on a bad one. So, anyway, I know you all want to play Dirty Bingo. No, I don't.
1: (laughs) What were some of the fun things you used to do with your siblings? Or do you have a memory of each one that is unique to that one?
0: He used to beat him up a lot.
1: sibling <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. uh, You know, we 70 didn't have... Uh, 70 years.
0: It was work on the farm. There's not a lot of things that we did fun-wise. Um, <coughs> one thing... Um, oh, I think as far as... One thing that I wanted to point, go back and point out to, is when I went into volunteer, when I went into service to did my CO status in Denver, my brother John, two years younger than I, he ran away from home, and I still don't know why. He went to Florida. He got into some kind of trouble, and I don't even know what that. I still don't know what that was even. And then he joined the Marine Corps. So. Uh, he actually fought in Vietnam for 13 months. He was actually active in the battlefield. He was the radio guy. And it was what it was like to be crawling through rice paddies with bullets whistling over his head. <clears throat> and I uh, remember he came to Denver to see me on the way home. He did his initial training. I forget kind of where it was at. But he went to Camp Pendleton, California to finish his training before he goes to Vietnam. And he stopped in Denver. And just coming out of Marine boot camp, you know, they're tough by that time. They're ready to whip the world. They're not afraid of anybody. And uh, I picked him up then at O'Hare when he came home um, after 13 months. And, of course, he's no longer a boy. By that time, he'd been whipped on pretty good, and uh, he struggled the rest of his life. I mean, he's been married twice at least, and the woman he lives with now, when he is ever home, uh, lives back here in a ratty old trailer on 120. And John, he is on the road most of the time. As I said, hardly ever see him, and uh, so he's uh, that. Um, chose a hard way of life, and the men coming back from Vietnam, they were treated horribly. Today, we really honor our military men, and those days, they did not. When they came out from Vietnam, they were treated despitefully by the hippie crowd at that particular point. You know, that was really volatile times for our society was in the 60s with the hippies and the free love movement and the flower children and the... LSD, drugs, and all the crap that was going on then. So uh, it was different. So a lot of it's changed. So now it gets back to what we see happening now and us old folks, it looks kind of scary looking out there. And I suppose it does for you young folks, really. But uh, just remember, we know the final answer, they don't. Anything else, anybody else have a question? What did your school look like? One-room school.
1: Was it really? Did it have well, like, the, the, big, the big cast iron stove
0: right in the middle? Like, uh, no, I'm trying to remember. How, no, I think we had a furnace in the basement, I believe, at that point. After I had gone to LaGrange, which we had the 12-room, uh, those were different rooms for the different grades. And then out at... Uh, East of LaGrange, there was only several grades there, so we had a couple of rooms. And then when we moved again, the last years then, uh, we went to two different one-room schools. And uh, so all eight, those were eight grades, so it was just eight uh, eight grades in uh, one room. Have those
1: buildings all been knocked down or added on to at this
0: point? No, those have been knocked down, yeah. I remember, see, which school was was it? The last two was Green and Huff. I think it was at Green that we used to, at recess time, we would play euchre, and we'd gamble for cigarettes. <laughs> 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 we did.
1: Marble or? I forget. I think. Lucky strikes. <laughs> <a gamble? laughs> <laughs> but I did. I told
0: you in my teenage years and as a young adult, I was not a nice person. I did. Well, maybe I'm not nice now. I try to be, but I was not. I remember was- you being a lot nicer now than I was
1: young. In-
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sure I was. I uh I wish I could go back. Uh if I knew then what I know now, what I know now, I would enjoy my children more.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, really enjoy them, enjoy all the advances and to really be a part of their life. Um, more than when you're a young father trying to work three jobs to feed and house your family. Just stupid mistakes. So not that you know them, you don't have to do those. You can be smarter about it. Is that the wisdom you want to pass along? Work hard but
1: don't work yourself to the ground? Yes,
0: exactly. Because those aren't, you know, just enjoy enjoy the children, enjoy the family. And we had a lot of good times. We spent a lot of time on vacations. We went on road trips, we went to Canada fishing, which of course to me is was more fun maybe than it was for everybody else, <laughs> but I think the most part they enjoyed it, and uh, we had some great road trips, and uh, so it was all pretty good.
1: So related to your boxing match, I think. yeah. <laughs>
0: there's a, a guy at
1: work, he's, I think I told you about another pilot that I worked with, he's, uh, he's in his late 60s I think, we were just talking about stuff he was tying something you know bent over and I was telling him about you and another guy boxing and he stops looks up at me and says, ain't nothing wrong with that
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes we did another when I was uh, oh 16 17 something like that it was about five of us guys that would hang out on the weekends and we didn't have anything to do so we bought a pair of boxing gloves for all of us and that's probably what I related to you before and yeah, you know, we just pounded the snot out of each other. And then <laughs> was, finally decided the head was off limits because, you know, it, it, it hit people in the head, you can really hurt somebody. And so we decided that was off limits. I did that with <laughs> Andrew once at Dre's house. Dre had these Chinese boxing gloves and
1: a helmet thing, and we just went at it. Yeah. <laughs> kind of fun. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what boxing gloves were like that many years ago, but I'm imagining like one layer of feathers. <laughs> <laughs>
0: These guys are remembered. They were, you know, cushioned up pretty good. They were like regular boxing gloves for that day. The days are the, you know, boxing was more the thing. But can you imagine today a teacher bringing boxing gloves to school and telling a couple kids, go slug um, it out? I can imagine a yeah. bunch of
1: teachers really wanting to. <laughs> right. Yeah. So. Uh, That's efficiency right there. Mm-hmm. That's just like, I'm not going to change their instincts, so eh. Yeah.
0: Just don't All right. What
1: about skiing? Didn't you go skiing out in
0: Colorado a bunch? I did some. Uh, I could never afford to uh, take lessons, so I never was really good. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's a tremendous environment out there to ski the mountains because there's miles. from Once you get to the top, there's miles to the bottom. So until I finally got smart enough to tackle slopes I could handle. But I never got good enough that I got to learn to parallel, you know, like mm-hmm. the fancy kids do. Yeah. There wasn't anything in snowboards. I never ever saw snowboards in those days. Yeah. But uh, skiing, so you'd just be snowplumbed. <laughs> or if down. you like know,
1: me, you just. <laughs>
0: so oh, I lost so control and knocked the sign flat, and the ski patrol <laughs> comes up and he th- said, Do you think it'd help if you turn once in a while?
1: <laughs> 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 I suppose, yeah. Probably. <laughs> you can't say that nowadays. <laughs> Valley. Swiss Valley, and he
0: just straight down the hill. There's a big jump at the base of the oh, hill. Oh, no. Do you remember that? <laughs> he hit that thing. I thought I'd never see him again. <laughs> 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 he's like, <"Whoosh."> <laughs> 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 you
1: know, I was behind him. He, he wiped his ass off. He just wiped his ass like, shoot through the cloud of snow and. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't stop. I like, had a tentacle in the air. Yeah, I came down <laughs> and landed on my back, he's he under my back. Oh, uh, I don't know how I didn't break anything. I was up there. Oh, Child <coughs> Yeah, it's probably well, I just the same. Child bones. You're to Take that and And then the ski guy, the safety dude, was like, don't you slow down? This time? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah. What happened to that first motorcycle? Because you've had, you've got your nice, bike and You've had your, um, wing that you've had uh. forever.
0: Yeah, I sold I sold that first one out there before I I would have had to sell it in order to be able to buy that car.
1: Mm-hmm.